these clowns are um, going to get us all killed. And we're talking about these these world leaders right now. And it's amazing to see these people who are in power that are literally leading us to the brink of, brink of nuclear war. The British government actively moving us towards all-out war with Russia. We're going to get to that bombshell in a moment. But first, the New York Times... Not to be outdone, out with a brand new Nord Stream pipeline story today. This comes a month after legendary journalist Seymour Hirsch confirmed that the United States blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. Now the New York Times has their own spin on this story. Here is the headline. And I almost spit out my coffee laughing at this story. Just remember, by the way, that the New York Times is the number one mouthpiece of the intelligence community. That's not me saying this. That's, in fact, 25-year veteran of the FBI, John DeSouza, who worked on their anti-terrorism task force, calling the New York Times the mouthpiece of the intelligence community. If the, if the intelligence community wants a story out there, they go number the first place they go is the New York Times. So here is the headline this afternoon. Intelligence suggests pro-Ukrainian group sabotaged pipelines, U.S. officials say. New intelligence reporting amounts to the first significant known lead about who was responsible for the attack on the Nord Stream pipelines that carried out carried gas from Russia to Europe. Oh, wait a minute. New intelligence amounts to the first significant known lead? That's interesting. Did, what, what, Blinders what, much? Like What about Seymour Hersh's piece a month ago that the New York Times, by the way, ignored and didn't want, he wouldn't, like, he brought it to them. And they decided not to publish it, so he published it on his Substack. So this is the New York Times. It's unbelievable. So I just want to kind of go through this because I think it's incredible. So here's the new intelligence reviewed by U.S. officials suggests that a pro-Ukrainian group carried out the attack on the Nord Stream pipelines. Last year, a step towards determining responsibility for an act of sabotage that has confounded investigators. <laughs> On both sides of the Atlantic for month, months. Really? Has it confounded investigators? And also, pro-Ukrainian is a pretty wide dragnet for everybody in the West. Right. So at least we know that the Russia did it is no longer the narrative. Right. Oh, guess Russia is out of... And the, the New York Times was telling us it was likely Russia, right? No, now it's a pro-Ukrainian, which is just another way of saying... The United States. U.S. officials said that they had no evidence that Vladimir Zelensky of Ukraine or his top lieutenants were involved in the operation or that the perpetrators were acting at the direction of any Ukrainian government officials. Oh, okay, so then you mean it wasn't Zelensky directing this, but it's pro Ukrainian, then where is it coming from? <laughs> the brazen attack on the natural gas pipelines which link Russia to Western Europe fueled public speculation about who was to blame from, Mo and they start with Moscow, from Moscow to Kiev, to London to Washington, or Kiev, to, and London to Washington. It's now remained one of the most consequential unsolved mysteries of Russia's year old war in Ukraine. Really? <laughs> okay. But so, even uh, what, making that link. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead, Philip, you go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, like, so so how can you have an investigation that shows, OK, we know who did this, but we don't know who did it. We know their ideology, but we don't know who did it. 
Right. Yeah. Right, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they they're, they're definitely like, like strawberries. Group. Yeah. How do you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But we don't know who it was. We know that they're pro-Ukrainian, but we're just going to stop short of. So this is they literally. They liked cookies right. and they were we blue and furry. <laughs> yeah. They wore white suits. Like we, we know all that. We just, they wore, yeah, they wore cone hats and they were burning things. Uh, we, but we really can't figure out who that is. So U.S. officials said there was much they did not know about the perpetrators and their affiliations. So U.S. officials say. So if you ever needed any more evidence that the New York Times is just a mouthpiece of the intelligence community, here it is. So we're not going to go so far as to say that it was the United States and their clandestine op sabotage operation that was carried out under the dark of night um, by the U.S. government and the CIA. We're going to just stop short of that and call them pro-Ukrainian. So <laughs> that's that piece of the story. So I wanted to make sure I brought that to you. Now to Britain pushing all-out war with Russia. In a repeat of World War I, I mean, you could rinse and repeat, where Britain declared war on Germany and then brought everyone else in, into the mix with them, from Belgium to France to Italy, etc. Now Britain is doing the exact same damn thing with Russia. So last night we heard from Tobias Elwood, who is the head of the British Parliament's Defense Committee. Now, he's their spymaster. This isn't some low-level guy. This isn't some just like random, you know, I don't know, even low member of parliament. No, no, this is the defense, parliament's defense committee head. And now calling for a direct war with Russia from the West, a head-on collision, essentially. Watch. We are now at war in Europe. We need to move to a war footing. We are involved in that. We've mobilized our procurement processes. We're gifting equipment. We need to face Russia directly and reckon that rather than leaving Ukraine to do all the work. Okay. We to do to all the work. <laughs> for what purpose for Britain? Yeah, let's go to war with Russia directly. We need to stop all this pussyfooting around and go to war with Russia directly now. No more foreplay. And we knew that this was coming. And it, this had been long predicted. In fact, going back, I was reading pieces today from The Guardian from 2014, where they were saying the United States is going to bring, bring UK into their war against Russia with Ukraine. Like, that's what the plan is here. And the UK and Europe will be dragged into the United States proxy war in Ukraine. Like that's the mission here. And this all looks like part have, of the plan. It's all coming together. Do you, do you have the video of Zelensky uh, where he's actually saying that it would be better if they struck first to send Russia a message like NATO and, and then would strike first? I don't yeah, know if you I, saw that or if you I did see that. Yeah, no, no, I don't yeah. have it tonight. But yeah, so, you know, where he specifically says, yeah, we, you know, what we should do is launch nuclear weapons. We should attack. We should attack, uh, attack Moscow. Like, let's attack Moscow. Did I say that correctly? I think that, uh, he said it a few times in various iterations over the last six months. I but in the past say, few days, he said something. Yeah, he said he it again. said something about deterring like nuclear war is not OK unless we you know, declare it on Russia in order to. De uh, deter Russia. Deter them from. <laughs> yeah. So that's how we. we Which use, makes sense. Right. Let's attack. Yeah. Let's attack Moscow um, and use nuclear weapons to do it and wipe them out. Yeah. A, nu a nuclear deterrent. A nuclear deterrent ceases to be a deterrent when you employ it. Right. Then it's just an, an attack. Then it's just. <laughs> yeah. And then everyone's annihilated and we're all dead. Right. Like we are on the precipice. I mean, you and the, you're you're seeing now what's happening in the UK. And if you just read what what people in the UK are talking about, people are really concerned that their government is one step away from a major direct head-on collision with Russia. 
So this all looks like part of the plan. Just a few days ago in February, Ukrainian President Zelensky went to the UK, you remember this, and to shop for new weapons. Asking for jet aircraft, he went there to a standing ovation in front of parliament. He was given away, he gave away a helmet that was signed and basically asking for more jet aircraft because we have to stand up for democracy. Watch. We know Russia will lose. And I appeal to you and the world with simple and yet most important words. Combat aircrafts for Ukraine. Wings for freedom. So we want combat aircraft in Ukraine. Please send us these F-16s. And now the UK also today on the very same day that we're getting these warnings and this push for direct war with Russia that we don't have any ammunition in the, in the UK. Our stockpiles are low. We have, we're dangerously low levels, and we need more. The UK's national security is now at risk, and it would take Britain at least a decade to replenish its ammunition stocks, says Parliament. According to a document compiled by the Defense Committee of the House of Commons, as the Ukraine conflict continues, quote, it's clear that the UK and its NATO allies have allowed ammunition stockpiles to dwindle to dangerously low levels. The report noted that while Russia is also facing the diminution of its stockpiles, other potential adversaries of the UK are able to increase their defense potential. So we need to ramp things up right now. And as the defense minister said, we need to be, or as the defense member of parliament said, the committee chair, we need to be on a war footing. Those were his words, a war footing. So what does a war footing actually look like? Because we're here, I think. Well, this no, is it. I mean, I think, I think they think we're here, but I think when they look at the numbers, they're trying to replicate what we had in World War II or World War I. So as of 2022, the British Army comprises 79,380 regular full-time personnel and 28,000 reserve personnel. And according to uh, Statista today, 33,000 are in the Air Force, 27,000 are in the Navy, 6,000 are in the Royal Marines. So a total of 148,000 combat-ready forces in the UK. Right now, the latest reports are, and just put this in perspective for a second, 148,000 UK members of military ready to spring into action if they need them. And maybe that's even being generous because how many of those you have the reservists in that mix? How many of them are like a ready to go, right? 148,000. Just put in perspective, the latest reports are that more than 200,000 Ukrainian soldiers have been killed in the war. 200,000. So the, their army is essentially gone. That means that more Ukrainians have been killed than the entire Ukra uh, UK army exists. So you're going to go into a war footing against Russia? Did you see what just happened? Like, how, how is that going to go for you? With no real air cover in UK, hypersonic missiles could be launched in a second on your island. Like, that's the game you want to play right now? So what does a war footing actually look like? Well, at the height of World War I and World War II, there were 4.6 million soldiers in the British military. Take a look at this chart. It's actually unbelievable. Here on the left side of your screen is World War I. 
slightly less than 4.6 million, and then ramped up again, dwindles down and skyrockets back up during the height of the world, uh, of World War II. And it's been on a constant decline ever since. Now, these are in terms of thousands on your, your screen here. So very, very low. So a war footing means we really got to ramp things up to World War II status or Korean War, which added about 200,000 troops. Like, what does a war footing actually look like? You're going to mobilize every young male in your country to fight against I Russia? I mean, yes, because that is, you know, it's, it's put Rosie the Riveter in the factories because you take all the men. Right. That is a war footing. Yeah. So we it's convert. It's a league of their own. By the way, we did hear that, right? We heard, we heard them saying we need, well, I forget who in the, who a member of the UK Defense Department a few weeks ago said specifically that we need to turn our factories into a war footing. So we get like literally starting converting all like normal factories of com consumer production into war, uh, war manufacturing. Well, that's one of the emergency powers that President Biden already gave himself, right. which is to take normal manufacturing chains of supply and prioritize them for weapons. So what might go to building homes or machinery or computers or what have you, um, the American government already has the power to jump the line in order to make weaponry. And, and they are, uh, they've had this since last year. Right. Yeah. Because remember Biden went down to, where did he go? Like Northrop Grumman or yes. something? He went down to like, Oh, and basically demand like, Hey, we need more high Mars. Yes. We need more. Um, and there was like some other weapon that he, the, he was asking about if I, a memory memory. Um, it was part of a spending bill. I think javelin. it's, it's, it it's not coming to me right now, but it, it is something that he's given himself within the last year. Yeah. Um, and so it's well, totally you know, conceivable that other co governments will too. Go ahead. David. I, I'm also very curious, like if they've lost that many military and there's a small amount of military left, where are they shooting all these weapons? Where are they, are they just sitting at night, shooting these bullets into the sky, just wasting them? Like, where all these weapons, all this stuff that we're sending them, there's like no accounting for it whatsoever. And it's like, are they even being used by such a small military? Like that makes zero sense. Right. I, I don't know. I mean, again, this is because now we're in this sort of modern military where you don't need as many people on the ground. But we're seeing a ground war, the first ground war in Europe since World War II. So this is a ground war. And we're seeing what's unfolding in Bakhmut right now, which, you know, we have the Ukrainian government saying we're not going to give up on that territory and whether or not that's going to sustain and fall. We have Ukrainian soldiers today telling pr the press that they're about to abandon Bakhmut. So, you know, this is a ground war. This is a grind out meat grinder, as Colonel Douglas McGregor has said on our show. And then Zero Heads this afternoon reporting that the UK is using new backup coal reserves for the first time. So that's a first. And so many people on Twitter from the UK are saying, and so it begins. So you're using your backup coal reserves right now for the very first time as an energy crisis is unfolding and new reports out of Germany, which we'll cover tomorrow on the show really about Germany and their impending energy crisis, because now they're having to pull back on, on electricity and expecting, expecting blackouts and power shortages in Germany as a result. So then today, well, actually a few weeks ago, actually back in December, we had the Biden administration deciding whether or not they were going to allow cluster munitions because Ukraine was asking for cluster munitions, which are controversial and they're indiscriminate and they kill, they don't just hit any one little small target. <laughs> they, they, well, they're technically already using them. The little butterfly things that they're dropping in, in the cities. They're technically yeah. already using them. Yeah, the pedal mines. 
Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're just indiscriminate and anyone, the kids are walking up into playgrounds and getting hit by these things. So now again, renewed interest. This is uh, the U S U S news and world report overnight exclusive Ukraine seeks U S cluster bombs to adapt for drone use. So let's, so let's put these on drones now and start using them. So it wasn't the bombing part they had an issue with. It was the delivery system. Right. So if we can stick them on the drones that we have so many of that, uh, that Mark Hamill uh, provided us, then we can stick them on there and we can drop them. Cool. Can, and we can just indiscriminately bomb as many people as we want. Okay. So I'm glad they had that um, ethical conundrum back in December and they worked it out now. They didn't think it yeah, was an ethical idea, but if you put it on a drone, yeah, it's more fantastical. And then you okay. can just like, yeah, gas and clusters. Like drop gas and clusters at the same time. Yeah. We, okay. We worked that one out. Good. Glad. Unbelievable. So that's the very latest. I mean, we we have this continued war footing talk coming out of the UK, and it seems to me, you know, this. And remember, Boris Johnson was the one who stopped the peace talks, right? So the UK has really been driving the push for a direct confrontation with Russia, perhaps even more than the United States. Although, I mean, they're working cl so closely together, but it seems the UK has been really, really pushing for this, maybe more than anyone else. Yes. And when you have peace talks that are unfolding in Turkey, and then Boris Johnson, the UK government, steps in and tells Zelensky, no, walk away from this. Absolutely not. We, we need war. There's no peace negotiations. Yeah. Don't do it. Thank you so much for watching this segment here at Redacted. We are live every day at 4 p.m. Eastern time trying to share the stories that the mainstream media will not cover. You should also come over and join our community of Redacted Rebels over at redacted.inc. That's our private locals community where we can share exclusive content that we simply cannot share here on YouTube. Come over and join the rebellion together right now by going to redacted.inc. We'll see you next time.